0: Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief, it's Wednesday August the 19th and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. The legal case against disgraced Singapore oil trader Hin Leong is starting to ramp up, with police announcing last week that the founder and long term chairman of the company has been charged with forgery. GTR has now also seen a review of the company's activities and finances carried out by Interim Judicial Managers, PwC. Submitted to Singapore courts in June, it paints a damning picture of a company that had become reliant on fraudulent transactions and forging documents on a massive scale, simply to keep repaying earlier debts. The result is liabilities to banks and other creditors that total around $3.5 billion dollars and, more widely, it's contributed to a sense of nervousness running throughout the commodity finance sector. US authorities have seized Iranian oil from four tankers that were en route to Venezuela and what is the first action of its kind and the latest escalation of American-led sanctions pressure on maritime trade. The Department of Justice announced on August the 14th it had confiscated more than 1.1 million barrels of fuel which it says was being shipped to Venezuela by the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. The IRGC is an elite military unit in Iran that is designated as a terrorist organisation by the US government. The raid is yet another sign that the US is ramping up its sanctions efforts in the maritime trade sector and follows the publication of a landmark advisory by the country's sanctions regulator in May. Another news... As Covid-19 lockdown measures have forced employees to work from home and companies to upgrade their tech, demand for digital services globally has boomed. At the same time, demand for other service sectors, such as transport and tourism, has tumbled. According to a new report from Western Union and Oxford Economics, the post-pandemic recovery and growth of cross-border trade in services, which is estimated to contribute more than half of all global trade flows is expected to rely on digitalisation and the adoption of new technology. Now we turn to a major story from last week. ABN AMRO has announced that it is seizing all trade and commodity finance activities following exposure to fraudulent activity in Singapore and Germany, a historic crash in oil prices and, of course, the slowdown caused by COVID-19. Speaking about the move, Chief Executive Robert Swark said trade and commodity finance activities will be discontinued completely and natural resources and transportation and logistics will focus on European clients only. Earlier, I spoke to senior reporter John Basquill to find out why the bank has taken this step and what it means for the commodity finance sector at large.
1: Uh, yeah, ultimately, the main reason ABN AMRO is exiting this its entire trade and commodity finance business, um, uh, and in fact it's stopping all non-European corporate banking activities, uh, is uh, a lack of profitability. So this was announced alongside the bank's Q2 financial results, uh, which showed a net loss of 5 million euros. Um, but uh, it's important to, it's important to look at the kind of underlying reasons uh, for that relatively weak financial performance um, uh, because some of those are external factors which we 've seen affect other banks and other businesses um, An obvious one is the crash in oil prices in the first half of this year um, and another one as you 'd expect is is nineteen uh, and the slowdown in economic activity and in trade that the pandemic has has caused um, uh, ABN AMRO says that even though lockdown in the Netherlands, uh, where, where obviously where it's headquartered, um, uh, lockdown was less severe than in other countries. COVID-19 still had a significant impact on its financial performance. Um, but there are also factors that are more specific to ABN AMRO um, and that tie into this trend we've seen in, in 2020 of fraud in the commodity trading sector. So um, ABN AMRO is believed to have had the second highest exposure to Hin Lion. The uh, the fuels trading house in Singapore that collapsed in April this year. Um, the 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 bank with the highest exposure is HSBC. The figure for ABN AMRO was uh, reportedly around 300 million US dollars. Um, uh, and the bank also made huge losses on Wirecard, the the payments company in Germany that's that's also accused of fraud on a massive scale. Um, so the q2 results give uh give the combined write-offs from both of those two cases as 616
0: million euros and john practically speaking what does this move mean how many job losses might there be
1: yeah in in practical terms um the way the bank is doing this is it's dividing its various activities into core banking activities and non-core banking activities so uh, the areas where it's exiting completely like trade finance uh, will be classed as non core corporate banking activities and eventually shut down um, to give a sense of scale at the moment those non core banking activities account for um, nearly half it 's about forty five percent of uh, of the bank's corporate and investment uh, banking client loans um, but also on the practical side it's it 's worth pointing out this isn't going to happen overnight so as things stand, ABN Amro says the wind-down should take three to four years, um, and it will also need approval from the regulators. Um, on on the jobs front, yeah, that's, that's sad news. The bank is planning to cut 800 jobs, and again, that will all be from the uh, non-core banking activity side.
0: And John... How bad was the bank hit by fraudulent activity, such as the Hin Leong scandal?
1: Yeah, Hin Leong was a big factor here. Um, what happened with Hin Leong, um, I'm sure our, our readers will be familiar with this, is there was a pattern of fake trades, forged documents and and, and so on, uh, basically in order to obtain financing from banks. Um, and that financing was used to cover up its losses that hadn't been disclosed to investors. Um, it's, it's come out since that the scale of this fraud was huge. Uh, so Hin Leong had essentially become trapped in this cycle where it needed to carry out fake trades or duplicate trades just to keep financing coming in. Then when it was time to pay off those debts, it would have to find more liquidity. So that meant more fake trades, more fraudulent applications for trade finance. Um, and then eventually in the sort of tail end of last year, the first few months of this year, uh, the company basically ran out of working capital, that liquidity dried up. Um, at that point, it became clear that banks probably wouldn't be able to claim much of the money back that they were owed. Um, there was a bit of a scramble among the banks that were owed money to try and reclaim what they could. Uh, and lots of that is still happening now um, as part of the restructuring of, of Um In terms of ABN AMRO, this actually came out in its Q1 financial results uh, a, few, a few months ago. Um, and actually, the signs were there. The bank said it was concerned about its exposure to high-risk sectors, such as trade and commodity finance. Um, and the bank said more de-risking was clearly necessary.
0: Which other banks have shown concern about the commodity finance sector?
1: Yeah, there have been similar or, or fairly similar actions from some other banks. Um, but it's a little early to describe this as a trend. Uh, every bank has responded differently. Um, So Socgen revealed uh, about a month ago at the end of July, this was um, that it was closing its commodity finance and trade finance unit in Singapore, um, essentially consolidating its operations in Hong Kong. Um, uh, uh, The bank plans to cut ties with smaller traders and basically just retain larger clients. Um, Also uh, BNP Paribas, the bank uh, uh, has suspended all new commodity finance deals Um, while it's carrying out a review of its activities in that sector. Um, But in the case of BNP Paribas, this isn't so much a Singapore issue. Uh, The bank didn't have any exposure to Hin Leong. It hasn't been among the names we keep seeing in in other cases of of commodity trading and and trade finance fraud in that region. Um, This review of its activities the bank's carrying out is focused on Europe, uh, the Middle East and Africa. and it's also important to remember this isn't the case for all banks, either. We, we've, we've spoken to people at banks who are keen to keep providing commodity finance uh, and, if anything, see this as an opportunity.
0: And finally, John, what does ABN AMRO's move mean? Are major banks all going to up and leave the commodity finance space?
1: So, at, at the moment, that's not really how people in the industry are framing this. Um, it's being talked about not so much as a uh, as a kind of sector-wide retreat from commodity finance uh, by by the banking sector. Um, it's been talked about more as a, a wake-up call around some of the processes involved in onboarding clients or in uh, in approving applications for trade finance. So kind of a, a learning experience. Uh, we've seen comments from Glencore uh, describing banks' behaviour at the moment as a a flight to quality. So in other words, banks focusing on a smaller number of more reliable or more trustworthy trading firms. Um, it certainly seems like it's the smaller trading houses that are suffering most at the moment. Those, those bigger traders will probably be less concerned uh, about their ability to access trade finance. Um, but ultimately, we're just going to have to wait and see what comes out of these strategic reviews that banks are carrying out. Um, another thing to bear in mind is, uh, in Singapore at least, um, Banks, traders, regulators, industry groups um, are working together on a kind of um, a set of best practice principles. Uh, I've heard it talked about as a a code of conduct. Um, The draft texts there haven't been made public yet. This is all still very much in its early stages, so we, we can't really talk too much about it. But what we're hearing is that the main aim there is transparency. So that's transparency on the trading side and transparency on the financing side so that that could potentially be, be uh, another trend we see in the future here.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.